Hey, everybody, welcome back to Linux for Everyone, and welcome home. This episode is going to be decidedly different. Uh, it's a bit of an experiment. Less than 48 hours ago, as I'm recording this, Valve announced an absolutely exciting product called Steam Deck. If you follow the Linux space, you're probably just, you've probably, your, your streams and your emails and your timelines have just been inundated with, uh, with Steam Deck stuff. But this product is the culmination of so many different initiatives from inside of Valve, from Proton to the Steam Controller to the, the Steam Link uh, to, you know, the UI overhauls that they've done with Steam itself. And there's so much to unpack with what on the surface just looks like a kind of straightforward uh, PC gaming handheld console thing. <laughs> And so, less than two hours after the Steam Deck was announced, uh, I decided to do something just kind of off the cuff, just spur of the moment. I jumped onto Twitter, and I started a space. And the Twitter spaces are, are something that you can do on the, uh, the mobile app. You can participate on the Twitter mobile app, and you can just get a bunch of people gathered in a room talking. It's a little bit like Clubhouse, I guess, or just a little bit like uh, a gathering of like-minded people talking about something that they love. And I thought, this is perfect. This Steam Deck announcement is perfect for something like this. So uh, long story short, I fired it up. We had within minutes um, kind of a rotating carousel of between 25 and 40 people. We had about five to seven speakers. And it was so much fun. And uh, I think this could easily become a community podcast, like the, the L4E community podcast. And so I took about two hours of our conversation and I edited it down to just over 60 minutes. And I think it represents um, a lot of different angles and a lot of different mindsets and a lot of different opinions about this product, which which is going to, I think, have a very positive ripple effect on the entire Linux ecosystem. So no traditional segments in this episode, but I do want to get just a, just a very, very quick little housekeeping bit out of the way. Um, if you haven't checked in on the Linux for Everyone YouTube channel or Library and Odyssey uh, channels, definitely do that. Um, there is a brand new Linux myth-busting video that I produced, and Slayer is my co-host for that, my dog Slayer. And uh, there's also a full in-depth review of the Tuxedo Infinity Book Pro 14 on the channel. So go check that out at youtube.com slash Linux for everyone. And um, I want to preface this conversation about Steam Deck by saying one quick thing that I learned uh, following, following this recording. And, uh, this is, this is fascinating. So Valve has said they are working directly with the vendors of BattleEye and Easy Anti-Cheat so that by the time the Steam Deck launches this December, 2021, they will be able to have multiplayer games, uh, fully compatible, with EAC and BattleEye. So we're talking about games like, you know, Fortnite and, and Destiny and stuff like that. Beyond that, Valve Steamworks developers have said that they hope to have 
every game, every Steam for Windows game running on Proton by the time this thing launches. So I think they're uh, there's still a handful of big reveals that Valve is keeping close to their chest for right now. Uh, but anyway, I hope you enjoy the conversation. Let's get to it. This is the first time I've ever done a Twitter space, but I think that Valve's announcement about the Steam Deck kind of warrants it. I'm such a fangirl right now. Like, it runs Arch! It runs Arch! Oh my god. <laughs> and it probably, like, I, I'm not going to make an assumption here, but it's probably, I would hope, one of the most, I guess, user-accessible versions of Arch, if you know what I mean. I mean, probably, but but like, probably probably at the same time, it's probably great. like it will be all based on the on their new UI. So I don't expect it to be that optimized for like desktop usage. But it runs KDE, bro. The question is, oh, I have so many questions. Let me open this back up. So if anyone else wants to talk, just send a request. I'm not sure how you do that, but I'll approve it. <laughs> By the way, this might this might end up being a podcast. Just depending on how the conversation goes, I'm not sure. Oh my god, the dogs are going crazy. Same thing here with the cats. You probably heard that. <laughs> hey, bring it on. It's okay. It's totally fine. This is not some professional production. All right, Aaron, I'm going to invite you to speak since you couldn't figure it out. There you go. And Alfred, I'm going to improve you. Okay. See, I just think by default, everybody should just be allowed to speak. I don't know if I can fix that next time. Um, only 10 people can speak. Yerko! It is Yerko. Darth Chalash himself. Well, this is cool. All right. Uh, so I think there's a lot to unpack here. We have like the understatement. We have well, okay. So Valve has announced Steam Deck, and I, I feel very sorry for people who are making the Stream Deck because they're going to end up just being buried in search rankings eventually. Um, so it's basically the Game Gear for PC gaming. <laughs> it's a it's a cross between a Game Gear and a Nintendo Switch Pro. It doesn't exist yet. And uh, we've got a custom AMD APU. We've got a bunch of different storage options. Uh, we've got it running Linux, although they're not, they're not really yelling about that too loudly. And I'm not sure how to feel about that. That's one thing we need to unpack. And so, so much. Uh, just, let's just, okay. Hey, Jason, I, I always wanted to say this. Long-time listener, first-time caller. Just kidding, just kidding. <laughs> oh, man, I love hearing that. Quick, quick, my, my little take on this. Well, well I thought it's cool that you know, Steam's going to put this out, but they are notorious for, for introducing hardware and then killing it right away. 
their their Steam controller, their their Steam Link. You know, they they've created great hardware and it had awesome support. But Steam is notorious for dropping these hardware and then moving on real quick and not supporting them after you know a year or so. I mean, I have a cool controller, the Steam controller. It's yeah. awesome. I like the idea, again, going back on being at Linux-based, you know, so that just tells you how big Proton and, and the wine tricks and, and all that stuff that you've gone over with, with the, the built of Proton. Because if they're, if they're running a Linux kernel and a Linux software and based on you guys who, by the way, run Arch, you know, I, I'm a big Debian guy. <laughs> but, but again, Pop OS, you know, I, I, think, I think it's great. I, I just wanted to give you my take, but... It's cool. Every, it's getting a lot of buzz around us, you know, Linux fanatics, but they are notorious for killing hardware as soon as they release it. So I don't put okay. much stock in it. I'll leave it at that. Thank you. Thank you for letting me talk. Yeah, yeah, no problem. I, in fact, I have, nothing, I have nothing to dispute with what you just said. However, there is something I haven't heard anyone say yet. Valve has counted to three. Ah, come on. Oh. Steam OS 3.0, come on. Valve, Valve yeah. finally counted to three, so there's hope. <laughs> I mean, imagine Half-Life 3 releasing a Linux exclusive. Oh, it'll never happen. I wish it would, but it'll never happen. Probably, yeah. What, what do you guys think uh, is going to be the reaction for, you know, people who are not in this echo chamber that we are, right? People who are just average gamers. They love the idea of a PC console. They're not into Linux. I'm a big cloud gamer, meaning like uh, Steam, um, excuse me, Stadia, Luna, GeForce mm -hmm. Now, and you could run those on your phone and you could connect a, a, a Razer Kishi or any type of external key uh, controller, uh, an Xbox controller, and you're running cloud games on your Android phone or Apple phone for that matter. It's pretty cool. I think the, the the niche market, again, us guys who like Linux and who like gaming, I think that's a good product. And I hope it, you know, it has legs and it, and it grows. So, but again, most PC gamers like their hardware, their PCs, and you know, not going to give up the 32-inch curve monitor, the you know, all that other stuff. But for gaming on the go, I think it's awesome. But gaming on the go, any cloud-based service is great. Theoretically, right. couldn't couldn't something like Xbox uh, Cloud on this? Just in addition, a, in addition to all yeah. the Game Pass stuff, right? Yeah, it, it, it works already on your phone, you know. So that's cool. Right. Yeah, okay. I mean, yeah. You know, but why, why, why buy no hardware when you have it already in your pocket? Well, because um, I feel that uh, the these game streaming services aren't that good as of now. I mean, they're 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 really good. Don't get me wrong, but they're they still have a lot that to be desired. Yes, so uh, I think I have two points. Uh, first, this is an amazing form factor for a Linux uh, laptop. True. So huh. from that point of view, I'm looking forward to it. And yes, I'm not complaining. Are they actually uh, ready to run the uh, games on the console itself? Or is this a part of a streaming service? Because they said that you are going to be able to run all AAA uh, games on the console. Did they say and, all? Uh, they they said run the AAA games on the uh, on the console. They didn't say all, but okay, okay. Uh, because sure you can run plenty of AAA games and yes, but how many how many AAA <clears throat> games are running on Linux um, right now? 
to be a lot, fair, a lot. Just think, just look at Proton List. Look at the Proton DB, and even even Cyberpunk twenty seventy seven runs on it. Yeah, you know, other you know, there's lots of games that run AAA and um, past AAA. You know, older games that are you know still in play. If you guys go to protondb.com and uh, the front page, it shows you kind of a chart of the the percentage of games that are working well. Uh, if you filter that to just single player, the outlook gets like twice as good. I mean, it's incredible if you just filter it by single player games on Steam. But my question is, what are they doing with anti-cheat and multiplayer? And uh, on their site, it's saying for deck, we're we're vastly improving Proton's game compatibility and support for anti-cheat solutions by working directly with the vendors. So like, yeah, it's not going to be cloud streaming. It's all going to be Proton. I mean, is this thing going to play Destiny 2 and Fortnite and Call of Duty? I have no reason to say no. They're working with vendors directly. There's probably a monetary incentive. I mean, I, I, I got, uh, and uh, this is all flying at me at once, so if I say something that's not accurate, I apologize. I was actually at the beach when this announcement came out, and I've just kind of been absorbing all of it from, from people on Twitter and Telegram. Uh, I would have been asleep, but it's really, <laughs> I guess I'm sleep not sleep now. Sleeping. You can't sleep now. There's the page, uh, I think it's on Steam itself. doesn't matter where it is, but it's one of their, their you know, advertising pages for the, the Steam Deck. And it says, use your deck as a PC because it is one. You can also install and use PC software, of course. Browse the web, I mean, video, do your normal productivity stuff, install some other game stores, whatever. Yep. Do you, like, how do you guys feel about that? Do you think that they're, I feel like they're kind of playing a dangerous game because are they, are they setting people's expectations to, you know, oh, I can just buy this and I can install like Epic Games and I can install Blizzard and it's going to be a piece of cake. Well, I mean, technically, you can, there's nothing, like it's not there shouldn't be, be anything stopping you from being able to install Windows on a device like this, right? So even that other software isn't natively supported by Linux or through Proton. Um, I mean, obviously, you know, you'd want to be running Linux on this thing. It's it's designed for that. But it it is a computer. And that's, I guess, what they're trying to say is it it can run whatever operating system, whatever software you want to run. Isn't the assumption though, that that language that they're using, isn't the assumption that um, you can this thing up out of the box and install Epic games on it. You could definitely like read into that that way. And I think a lot of users would, um, I mean, hopefully that means that they actually are working with someone like Epic games to have support for it. I guess, what, why wouldn't Epic Games say no, right? It's like, okay, it's another potential point of sale for us. Yeah, so, yeah sure. I, this is a, a, a shot across uh, Xbox and, and Game Pass, how great and big that is on the PC side, and they're going mobile, they're going cloud. I think this is just a, a, an entry into that space, because Xbox, if you keep track of what they're doing, Xbox, is, like I said, the Xbox Game Pass on your phone, on your laptop, on any device that you have android running well regarding the games and the the rest of the applications i saw a tweet from the kda they said uh, congratulations on using the kda plasma on the on the console so basically they are already lowballing it as a linux machine that actually can run games but it's also a linux machine so i wasn't joking when i said that i like the, uh, the form factor for the machine and i think that one of the 
greatest things here is that, that this is going to be also a normal machine that you can actually take with yourself. So you can get a decent gaming machine if we can trust them. And we can get a Linux machine for everyday working if we need to. So basically, one less gadget for me. <laughs> one more gadget for me, let's be honest. Yeah, one more gadget for me. <laughs> Uh, Aaron, Aaron Honeycutt from System76 just sent me a link. The Valve is hiring an anti-cheat software engineer. <laughs> Interesting. I'll ask a question. Do you think that this custom AMD APU is powerful enough to run AAA games? at? I think it's like a 1280 by 800 resolution, something, something close to that. With AMD FSR, you're going to see a lot of capability out of this chip, uh, especially on a screen, like 7-inch screen. You're not really going to see a lot of the diminishing in quality that you do um, at the lower resolutions um, and lower quality pros uh, presets in FSR. Yeah, I think that would enable you to play a lot more AAA games. I, I still don't think you'll be able to run just just anything. I mean, but run is the key word in that sentence because there's a difference between running a game and playing it at a playable level. Yeah, Zen 2 quad core up to 3.5 gigahertz, 448 gigaflops. <laughs> I don't even know how to, how to quantify that. Uh, the GPU is RDNA 2 at 1.6 gigahertz, which is a decent speed. APU I, uh, power 4 to 15 watts, very low power. I, I actually have the uh, specs for the Atari here for comparison. Okay. So th this is running a 14 nanometer um, AMD R166G, which is a Zen-based processor. That's first-generation Zen, with two cores and four threads at 2.6 gigahertz up to 3.5 gigahertz. Let's see. Okay, so it's it's safe to say that that Steam and Deck blows out of blows uh, that away. Vega 3 APU. So this is actually three um, Vega cores versus eight RDNA two cores. Jeez. Yeah. Okay. So Steam Deck so, blows it away. Hey, Aaron. How's no. System76 treating you, dude? It's good. Uh, good. Good to hear. Four years in September, so. Wow, nice. What's up? I know you've got some thoughts on this. Uh, did you see my comment about why I think they're not advertising? It's no, I didn't. I didn't. I'm sorry. No, you're good. You're good. It, I think it's more like that people realize that just click and play works, that they don't really have to think that they're running Linux, and they don't really would, wouldn't really notice the difference. See, I think, I think, oh, Twitter is not responding. Oh, that's lovely. Hi, Jason. Can you hear me? Yes. Can you hear me? Ah, uh, yeah, I can hear you. Regarding the okay. performance, is the APU of the Steam Deck as up near the performance of Ryzen 5 3500U? Oh, okay. Uh, I have a I have a laptop configured for 15 watts uh, equipped with a Ryzen 5 3500U. I can play some recent games at 720p. What about something like uh, Cyberpunk? Have you tried that? Uh, I haven't, but Resident Evil 2 Remake, I can play it at 720p, 30fps. Okay, well, that's decent. I mean, uh, I, I one of the things I'm wondering is if Valve will will have some, I guess, some preset graphics configurations for this system. Does that make sense? Um, it, almost in the same way that GeForce Experience will automatically optimize all of all of your graphic settings based on your PC's hardware. 
I'm wondering if Valve will do something like that to take some of the guesswork out and make it feel a little more like a console. And I think it's stopping them from, from you know, uh, accessing your configuration files in the games and just tuning the game uh, as they see fit. Exactly well, as you said, as, as NVIDIA does it. And Nintendo Switch, while it does have a 720 piece, not running every game at native resolution. Well, um, no, it would downscale. Yeah, I guess if you know if Valve if Valve integrates some type of you know automatic resolution scaling or or even if uh, AMD's FSR comes into play, I think I think you can play just about anything with a little bit of compromise. They have Doom running, uh, Doom Eternal running. It's been in development for a while for the Switch. I think it runs at seven twenty. Um, I can speak to that. So both both dock and undock cap at 720p on the switch but they use dynamic resolution all the way down to like 500 something or even 300 something i think undocked and um with the lower overhead undocked of course it's going to downscale a lot more often than well docked and 30 frames per second <laughs> and inconsistent 30 frames per second <laughs> uh, just yesterday just yesterday i did a side by side between the series x doom eternal running in ray tracing mode and the switch and I was expecting a huge difference, but it was actually much bigger than I was expecting. From the PC gaming perspective, uh, you know, PC gamers will expect CPS on this device before uh, expecting any pixel count, you know. So if, if AMD can bring, uh, uh, what do you call it, FSR, uh, the, the DLSS uh, competition, uh, if they can retrofit that on games without, uh, you know, uh, involving much work from developers, that could be interesting. Do we know if there will be a sort of equivalent to Switch docked and Switch undocked? Because you know, as as you know, that Switch docked performs better, or Switch performs better when it's docked, and they're going to have a dock situation available for this thing. Do we know if it's going to have a boost or have more overhead that way? No, I mean, don't know, but if you think how the switch works, I mean, it, it just receives more power and the fan works a bit louder uh, to, to cool that extra power. So yeah, I, I guess it just doesn't throttle as much as uh, as undocked. So it would be it would be smart if they just had some thermal profiles set up, yeah. you know, automatically like, OK, if it's if I'm getting fed more power then stop throttling the CPU and ramp up the fans and pretty much that. But well, given the fact that it is Linux, I'm sure you can override pretty much anything that they decide to do, right? <laughs> I mean, you dock it, you get into like Arch and KDE mode, and yeah, I think the sky's the limit at that point. By the way, it sure. seems you will be able to install any other operating system. Uh, on their main page on Steam, they have like a sort of an FAQ. It says, do I need a Steam account to use Steam Deck? They say yes, but like you can't install, but because it's a PC, you can install any other third-party operating system. Including Windows, I would. Yeah. Well, and, they I mean, specifically mentioned Windows in the trailer. Can you dual boot <laughs> SteamOS and Windows on this thing? I mean, with Grub, of course. I don't see why not. So if you do want to dual boot with this, you're going to need to get one of the higher-end options. Because Windows is one of those OSs that requires a lot of storage. So if you do dual boot, it's going to be largely Windows on that drive. 
unless... I mean, even installing Windows by itself on the base model is just 64 gigs. I, I hate to be... I, I try to be positive about everything, but I got to say, like, the 64 gigabyte option, just throw that away. Just don't even offer yeah. that. True. Yeah, because it's, it's even... I, I think the minimum so should be 256 gig. I mean, you, you not can even fit one Call of Duty onto that. Onto that. <laughs> yeah, that you, that would be great they, for like retro gaming, but that'd be about it. Near Automata already has forty-five gig, if I'm not mistaken. Wow, there is a micro SD card slot, so that's true. There, is, so you could you could you be could you add. could technically run something like Windows, and then you could get yourself like a one terabyte micro SD card, but I don't know if I um, want to run games off of a micro SD card. Unless there's, you know, indie I mean, games. It's, don't forget, it's Steam. So if you're uh, if you're fine with lugging uh, an, an, extra, uh, an external SSD around, you can just load your library through that. And that's actually a good point, because it has hmm. USB 3.2. So that's it would actually be reasonably fast. Now, it wouldn't be like some NVMe storage, but it's better than an SD card. And, you know, I know that the Switch games are a lot smaller, but I have no problem running uh, Switch games off a of one terabyte SD card in my system. So when I saw the SD card and the storage, the 64 gig, I thought, well, that, no problem, I'll just run an SD card. Another funnier, maybe not practical idea with this is you could have like a single game per SD card and just swap out SD cards depending on what game you want to play. Would you actually want to do it? Probably not. But would it make it more Switch-like? Yes. Oh, <laughs> have the SD card stand in for the actual game card. That's I get it. And again, I gotta go. I gotta go, guys. I enjoyed the conversation. Again, I'm just worried that um, Steam is notorious for killing their hardware before it's even out of the birth canal. I have a I Steam controller. Right. My brother has a Steam Link, and there was also a Steam Machine. Oh, I think those those two were running a, a, a Linux OS type thing, and they were great devices. They were ahead of its time. I was, I mean, I think it's a cool thing, and I, I'll probably be getting one, but I don't know how long the longevity, I don't know how much legs it'll have, because again, you guys know how much hardware changes within six months to a year. N newer specs, newer CPUs, newer GPUs. Man, I have so much to say to that, too, if you're, if you're going to stick around, but... In terms of okay, in terms of um, Steam machines, now that those came along before I had switched to Linux, and knowing what I know now about how incredible Proton is, it, it's laughable that they even tried to launch Steam machines before Proton existed. the The game library back then was so uh, pathetic on Linux. <laughs> now is the right time. And so I, I don't exactly know what, what, um, what motivated that in, in Valve HQ, but it was just the timing was just bad. They had a really, falling out with Microsoft, a really big falling out with Microsoft when they released their, their store. They wanted to go independent ASAP. I mean, it's working out well, to be honest. SteamOS has been rebased to Arch. It was based on Debian. And I find that really, really interesting. See, that, that yeah. actually speaks to the, the longevity comment, I think. Um, if you look at the, the kind of staying power that something like the Switch has, the Switch doesn't need hardware upgrades every two years. It's doing fine. And now you're rebasing your main operating system on Arch, which is going to, you know, which is a rolling OS, which is going to get frequent updates. Steam itself will get frequent updates. I, I think that if you're if you're content with the hardware as it is, 
the updates are going to take care of themselves just based on the OS and the software. I think the reason for that was that they don't really have to package things, newer versions. They could just take upstream and then do testing and then add their own repository if they want to add some extra packages or things that aren't in the main repositories. And maybe the AUR. You know how every every year um, a new a new iPhone comes out with better specs uh, and etc. I feel that they should do the same with this. I don't. I, I disagree. I, I, the Switch hasn't had a major update, and like it's still using the same Nvidia card. Like it hasn't really had a major major update since the, it was released. But the reason it hasn't needed an update is because games are designed and compiled for specifically that processor, whereas uh, PC games aren't. They're designed to run across a multitude of different uh, hardware systems. So things are going to run pretty bad on this compared to what the Switch can offer, despite the Switch being lower powered, because those yeah, games aren't, aren't going to be made specifically for the Steam Deck. Um, hmm. now, now, that being said, if you wanted to do esports, things like um, Overwatch or CSGO or Rocket League or something like that, those would probably run just fine. Uh, but something like Metro Exodus, Metro Last Light, uh, Do Sex, Mankind Divided, maybe Skyrim. I They may run, but you're going to be getting 30 FPS. And as a PC gamer, I can play at 30 FPS, but I prefer getting higher frame rates than that. Best way to think of this would be is something that kind of meets the console and PC gaming world in the middle. I mean, we're using PC games and it's geared mostly towards PC gamers, but it's it's also not a high-spec machine and people aren't coming into it expecting a high-spec machine. They're expecting a convenience machine. And so, eventually, they'll need to update the hardware. Maybe every two or two years or three years or four years, kind of like a PS4 versus a PS4 Pro midpoint refresh. Just a guess, quick another side, just looking at, at Twitter hmm. and and Linus Text Tips, Linus Text Tips also posted the same thing. He's like, "Great device. I'll I'll will put it next to my Steam controller." Well, look, I mean, I mean, I mean, Valve Valve has gone down the path of you know the Google graveyard, not to the same extent, but but they've had far less products and they have killed a significant percentage of them after a few years. So I I, I get I I understand the concern. I really do. Um, especially when you guys are talking about, you know, wanting, wanting hardware, uh, revisions, hardware upgrades after two, three, four years, um, will this still be in circulation and production is supported in, in 2025? I, I hope, hope so. so. I hope so. But it, you know what? It's gotta, it's gotta sell. If it doesn't sell, then that means that valve has not done a good job marketing it. If they've made a good product, then it deserves to be sold. But it, it's not going to get the awareness unless the marketing is perfect. Agreed, agreed. The difference here is that I think all the Steam machines were like third-party OEMs. Yes. Uh, Valve did not sell their own branding, if I'm not mistaken. Because like that, I feel like that's a pretty big difference here. Like whether having OEMs take the hit, whether it doesn't sell well versus them doing it. 
on a business side, that, that just makes yeah. more financial sense not to make their own hardware. You know, it's a big infrastructure and a big up cost to have your own hardware side. I mean, this, you know, ask the guy who works for System76, building hardware <laughs> at your own is very, very expensive. So that's why I didn't, I don't, I think it was smart for them to OEM that out to third parties. I, I get your point, but on the other hand, relying on OEMs to to properly represent your brand is is a gamble i guess i'm kind of thinking at this point of the difference between the google nexus line and the google pixel line yeah that's a fair comparison because all the nexus ones were like made by third-party oems and the pixels where they started doing their actual own thing after they bought what htc's design team yeah i think it was the first two were still uh farmed out but i think Pixel 3 onward was all in-house after they acquired, uh, I want to say it was HTC, but somebody, yeah. How user-upgradable is this thing going to be? Do we know? Uh, I would imagine the NVMe versions would have upgradability because it's kind of stupid just to solder that directly to the motherboard. Uh, maybe RAM, but this is going to be essentially an ultra small form factor laptop. So I could also see those, that being soldered to the board. I think this is just going to be another one of those reasons you're going to want to go for a higher end model because it'll have that upgradable storage. Whereas a lower end one, that EMMC storage will probably be soldered directly to the motherboard. If it's not, then that would be interesting because you might very, very, very small chance here, but you might be able to pick up a 128 gig or 256 gig, EMC module from Pine64 and slap that in there and, you know, off you go. Yeah, I just wanted to say I highly doubt that this uh, that machine, this tin, uh, will have anything replaceable. It, it will all be soldered on, on, on the board. You're going to have to have some sort of user repairability uh, uh, to some degree uh, because there's been a huge push lately for um, right to repair. And Valve strike, strikes me as one of those companies that would be pro right to repair. But, you know, we've been surprised before by other companies, so I could be wrong about that. Um, honestly, I hope that the RAM and the NVMe SSDs are used replaceable. I hope they use the same motherboard across all of them. And the only difference is in the higher end models, you just have an E drive and the boot drive is the EMC module. Um, which would mean in the lower end model, you could just buy that and slap an NVMe drive in there and you're good to go. Can, can you guys hear me? Yeah. Yeah. Taku, Valve's Steam Deck will let you shop on Epic Game Store. Uh, Valve's, okay, let me get to the, I'm trying to get to the, the meat of the article here. The question was put to Valve in an interview over on IGN. Can I log into my Epic Game Store account? The outlet asked. Here was designer Greg Coomer's response. You can really do anything that you would expect a Linux-based PC to be able to do. So the answer to those things is, yeah, that's not okay. This article is a waste of time. I, 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 yeah, but there's work around. Like, they should not be marketing this to Linux people. They should be marketing this to everybody. Agreed. You know, okay, yeah. sure. Yeah, who's going to be able to understand how to get Lutris installed and then how to get Epic Games installed from there and all the little flags and switches that you might have to like come on. It, it can't it's yes. got to be simpler than that. It's a console. At the same time, I can see the advantage of specifically marketing it towards Linux people sometimes cuz like 
me coming into it, I know that I can use this to SSH into my servers uh, when I'm on the go. So I don't have to use my phone. <laughs> Which will be Dude, so I'll use it. Nice. I'll use it for like mobile podcasting. I'll do some crazy applications with this thing. I know that I will. But nice. if Valve is going to is market it exclusively to, you know, yeah. the five percent of Linux users that are gamers, they're going to run out right. of their target audience. But but this is where this is where I get frustrated with Valve. Okay, because that that Kotaku article that Greg Coomer saying yes. You can expect it to do anything a Linux-based PC can do. Nobody reading Kotaku understands what a Linux-based PC can do. See, that's like it's tone-deaf marketing. It has a 43-watt-hour battery, and that makes me a little bit concerned for how long this thing is going to last. Me too, to be honest. Yeah, that's not big enough, is it? Yeah. I mean, it's like, not great. it has a 720, it has a 16x10 little bit taller than 720p screen so i think that'll help us all as far as the vision is concerned and it's only 400 nits in brightness only only 400 400 nits is bright as hell i just uh, I reviewed mean, yeah, that that uh that tuxedo infinity book pro 14 laptop and 400 nits is is like in direct sunlight at high noon i can see everything beautifully uh, yeah, and so, that, that battery, yeah, I can't compare it. I can't compare it because I didn't do just nonstop gaming on that laptop. And right. it's Intel. Well, now, and it's, yeah. Now, because they customized that APU for the specific machine, I could imagine that Valve not only made some performance enhancements, but also made some efficiency enhancements. You know, what battery life can we expect out of this thing? Four hours? Five hours? I mean, maybe? I I think if you get if you get three to five hours, that's as good or better than the switch. You can use resolution scale. Maybe try it seven twenty p at eighty percent, then cap the frame forty fps. I think that will that will still be good. No, no, you don't want to be using FSR for that. You want to be running at native seven twenty p and thirty fps, because the moment you crank in that FSR, you're probably going to be, you know. Okay, yeah, sure. You may be able to render at a 480p in the engine and then FSR it up to 720p. But what actual gamer would do that unless they are really wanting that battery life? Like they have like an hour left. I mean, by right? the way, there's another thing that I don't think anybody mentioned yet. Um, do you guys expect it to come with a customized Linux kernel? I mean that could really help mm. with the with the yes, battery life. I, I absolutely do. Probably, Probably may, maybe the Zen kernel, maybe uh, something just Valve in house. I don't know, but uh, uh, something with some very uh, tailored optimizations for that custom APU. I would expect Zen mod with some modifications for um, hardware support. Pharonix did a comparison between Lequorks, which is basically pre-compiled Zen, and Zen mod and Zen mod the majority of the time outperformed the quarks. Um, and on this hardware, I believe it's going to be the exact same situation. Uh, you just need to make some hardware um, specific optimization to make sure you actually get the support because of that customized APU. I remember seeing one of those articles and from what I remember, the benefit didn't come across the board. Some games benefited from the different kernels where others didn't. So it wasn't just a flat out upgrade. So, the majority of the time, it was Xan mod outperforming the Quarks, 
and Relic Lorks was outperforming Xanmod. It was in very specific applications, like I think um, SQL and things like that were outperforming on Lorks over Xanmod in comparison Ch to Xanmod. Just, just changing topics real quick of, of the hardware. Um, the, I'm a PC gamer, and I PC um, PC gaming with the mouse and keyboard. So, you know, yeah, it's cool when you play some controller games, but you know, like some of these strategy games. I, I just don't, you know. I guess I hopefully they have some connections to it. And I'm, yeah, yeah. I was looking, I was looking at, I was looking at all the reviews, and it looks pretty cool in like an airplane. And it looked like there was a dock for it, so that'd be pretty cool if you could dock it and, and put a keyboard and mouse on it. You can, actually, yeah, you, you absolutely can. The market points. Even, even the UI will switch up a little bit for keyboard and mouse. <clears throat> so as the as far as the dock and the resolution goes, I yeah, it doesn't make sense to try to change the resolution uh, when you're capped at a 720 physical screen but hopefully they have the flexibility once you're docked and on a different screen have the flexibility yeah, that was i was talking about yeah once you dock yeah. the steam deck for example you connect it to a for a, a 4k tv is there an uh, would would it be possible to increase the in-game setting for the resolution to 4K? i imagine you could but your frame rate would no probably. not necessarily 4k uh, I now, think 1080, 1080p, 1080p will still look great. good. I have a 4K TV right now. Uh, 1080p would probably work just fine on this. Um, mm -hmm. In fact, I, I wish that the screen that they chose was 1080p. But I can understand why at that size they went with 720p. Well, that, was absolutely a, that was absolutely a battery life consideration, I think. Oh, I'm yeah. sure. It's well, that was something I actually wanted to chime in earlier. I was listening through my desktop for installing the app and getting in. Uh, when you guys were talking about the hardware and someone had mentioned the possibility of having different hardware within like a, someone had mentioned the cooling possibly being different between the lowest end model and the highest end model. The developers, the Steamworks uh, development page on YouTube, they have a video for developers, basic FAQ type stuff. And they specifically mentioned that the only, the only difference between the models will be the storage or the built-in storage, the chipset and the RAM will all be the same, running at the same clock speeds, and performance should be exactly the same across all SKUs, with the only difference being the internal storage. Actually, thank you so much, actually. Uh, that was yeah, a, that's very good to know. Concern. Very good to know. Thank you. I'm sure somebody's going to get one of these, crack it open, and liquid metal the thing. But, you know. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> That'll be so fun to see. Yeah. The only hardware difference listed is the uh, 512 gigabyte model claims to have a premium anti-glare etch, and I'm not sure if that's going to be something akin to the Apple, their stupid uh, like $10,000 display or whatever with their nano etched something or other. <laughs> with the, with the, what was it? The How much were those wheels for the... Uh, the caster <laughs> set was $100, $100 plus? Yeah. It's $400. Well, <laughs> I I think the anti glare screen is crucial. I mean, I just um, I just reviewed an anti glare screen laptop, the that tuxedo Infinity Book Pro 14. I hate using. I, I I'm sorry. I I kind of dislike. I shouldn't say hate. I kind of dislike using other laptops like my ThinkPad and my Oryx Pro because they don't get as bright and they don't have the anti glare. And I kind of can't live without that now. Maybe maybe I'm a sucker, or maybe I'm just blaming it on the wrong thing. But I've I've never been a big fan of the matte displays. They always seem 
perceptually at least a lower contrast, uh, a less vivid picture. Okay, so who's getting this day one, or who's who's reserving it tomorrow? Uh, probably me. I'm likely going to get the higher end model because I have I've just for reference I've owned a Valve Index since shortly after launch, as early as I could get one, and. As far as something I wanted to say about the Steam hardware, because a lot of people bring up the Steam controller, the Steam controller, the Steam Link, and uh, the Steam machines. And you guys hit on the topic of, well, the Steam machines kind of came out before their time because Proton didn't exist yet. That I don't even know if Valve had that on their own internal timeline for development. But the Steam OS stuff was originally a reaction to the Windows 8 uh, or Windows going to Windows 8, where they were starting to offer the Microsoft Store with their own closed, well, theoretically closed ecosystem headed the Apple route. And Valve's solution was, well, we're not going to keep supporting Windows, or we're not going to stick around, put all our eggs in one basket, if there's a chance that we might have to start paying some licensing to get this on Windows, or pay some fee to the gatekeeper. And that's what prompted them to do that. The problem was Windows 8 came out and everyone just started using it anyways. It didn't have that problem. And Valve never released SteamOS in a functional way at the right time. So the hard, that whole generation of hardware kind of fell on Valve not getting the software up to snuff quite at that time. And I'm sure there were just a lot of features that didn't exist for Linux at the time that probably inhibited that as well, like the kernel level. Uh, but as far as the Steam hardware, I mean, the Valve, or the Steam controller, I would love a Steam controller 2.0, and this is looking to be sort of a direct improvement on the Steam controller. I mean, but personally, I don't think Valve will abandon the hardware quite the same way a lot of people have looked at it. Because uh, even though the Steam Link was more or less abandoned, you can now run Steam Link on your Android phone, you can run it on a Raspberry Pi. There's so many other ways to make use of that. And they've still done a great job of more or less supporting a feature set, not necessarily a specific item. Like the Steam controller stuff, the whole interface in Steam for managing your controller settings and remapping buttons, that was originally designed for the Steam controller. And then Steam added support for basically every controller on has face buttons and two joysticks. I mean, you can remap your PS4 controller, and it all works pretty much plug and play from my experience, whether it be a PS4 controller, PS5 controller, Xbox One, Switch controller. So I don't think that there's too much of a concern, at least not in my mind, that Valve will somehow just abandon this. I would like to make a bold prediction, and I'm going to make this bold prediction because when, when Schickel and I did Linux Plus Coffee number five, I predicted that they would have a custom AMD APU, and I was right. And I predicted that they would not get too loud about it running Linux. And I was kind of half right. So I'm going to guess that by the time this launches in December, Valve is also going to roll out some type of Steam Cloud service so that whatever games you're able to play on Linux, you will be able to play over their Steam Cloud service on this console. Someone had mentioned earlier about the concern of hardware release cycles that by the time this comes out will probably be something newer and better. This is the first, to my knowledge, this is the first piece of hardware with this specific AMD system on a chip compared to like, was it the uh, Aria Neo or, or Aya Neo or the, all the other various things like the GPD wins and whatnot uh, that are usually like a generation behind 
when they're announced hardware-wise just because of the longer development cycle. So the fact that this has a brand new chip that, to my, again, to my knowledge, isn't in anything else yet, means at least far enough ahead of the curve where it's not going to become outdated in a year. Hey, uh, Yerko, I have a question for you, if you're, still, if you're still listening. Does this thing qualify as a portable Xbox? Well, by December, mm-hmm. like Xbox is going to be all in on PC, right? And so if you have Game Pass and you have this, <laughs> do you pretty much have a portable Xbox? I mean, yeah. I mean, one thing you will be able to stream via xCloud if you are, you know, in a supported country. So th- that's one thing you can do that day one for sure. Yeah. Thing is, if you put window, if you put Windows on it, you can also install uh, the uh, hmm. Game Pass application and run games natively. I think the person who's come up the um, just it, them killing products is more like this has the two touchpads, which are very similar looking to the Steam controller, and then it. So, like, it's not more killing a product, you're just enhancing it and then actually adding it to a different product to see, like, this works better, let's put it here, kind of thing. And the hardware they've made, I mean, the Steam controller, what made it impressive in my mind was not only was it $50, as I recall, which was cheaper yeah. than you could buy an Xbox One controller or PS4 controller for. Now they're $70. <laughs> yeah, but it was also made by Valve. It was more or less like a completely new controller design with this whole with this whole software back in that they developed themselves. It only could be used on PC. And before there were some miscellaneous little utilities popped up on GitHub made in Python, it could only work on Windows for a while, uh, or at least through Steam. Um, it is still one of the most rugged controllers I've ever owned and one of the most ergonomic. Like the hardware was solid. Uh, so I see no reason why this will be bad. The only concern would be user upgradability, and the the RAM is almost certainly going to be soldered on. I see no reason why they would make that user upgradable. If they wouldn't, if it was user upgradable, they probably would have offered levels like the ability to. Well, get I mean, it's it's sixteen gigs, right? Am I yeah, right? It's sixteen it gigs will, on, across all models, which for a eight hundred p device is absolutely plenty of of RAM. It's also LPDDR5 is something worth noting. Oh, really? Huh. They're really taking advantage of the Van Gogh. That's where the price proposition of this really sort of, when you look at it, like what all is in this, to get any current laptop with similar specs processing-wise to this, you're going to be hard-pressed to find something. And the mm-hmm. fact that it's using the LPDDR5, which, to my again, to my knowledge, there's no consumer device presently available that uses DDR5 in any form factor. Like again, this is about as cutting edge as we can get hardware-wise, and they are selling it for what is probably either very close to cost. They are probably not going to make a whole lot of hardware and expecting it to be supplemented with software, much in the same way the Oculus Quest has worked out for Facebook. See that's interesting though because okay we know that we know that consoles are loss leaders we know that they are sold at a loss because the the platform holders will more than make up those costs with software sales or or subscription sales right yeah, but I, I, I that's that's the interesting thing about this about the Steam Deck 
I don't see someone buying this who has no idea what Steam is, right? Who isn't giving Valve money already. And so, and that's where the cloud idea might be. You might be right on that, that they might offer their own subscription service or offer yeah. some sort of cloud gaming subscription to buy yeah. into. I think as a yeah, way that's, that's a really good point. I think they've got to have... They've got to have some kind of other revenue stream in mind for this device. I can't represent a very large group of people. Um, but the reason I don't spend a lot of time on Steam is because I don't have a lot of opportunity to sit down at the computer. That's why I spend most of my time playing on Switch, which is just the, the, the sheer beast of opportunity. Perhaps this will introduce uh, some more inflow by opportunity. Maybe that's what they're thinking. I don't know. You mean like they'll be able to people that otherwise wouldn't consider trying Steam to give it a shot because it's in a more convenient form factor? That is what I'm saying, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, there is no way that they're selling this thing at much above cost. If Valve can actually get some type of retailer partnerships going, like with, uh, I can't speak for the UK, but uh, you know maybe Best Buy or Amazon in the in the states uh that could be yeah. huge that could be huge for the exposure of this device well and for linux sort of and for linux i mean even talked about what is this going to do for linux is this going to well, be a positive thing, or a negative in the I end see no reason it would be a, a negative the worst case scenario is you have a lot of the people in the linux community who are sort of of the more gatekeeping elitist mindset like oh linux is only for smart intelligent people those sorts of or those types those are the only ones that would probably be bothered by this. Otherwise, like more users using mm -hmm. Linux means more data and feedback for developers and more reason to develop new features for it. And oh, man, ability that's to such a good point. That is such a good point. Like what what will this do for the Steam uh, the Steam for Linux user base? Well, because the percentages, you know? If yeah, I'd well, oh into, man, that's exciting to think about. The developers well, would be like, oh the, man, maybe I should pay attention user, to Linux yeah. now. Yeah, for developers, the problem or the problem oh. for Linux has more or less always been people don't want to use it because there's no software for it. Developers don't want to develop for it because there aren't enough users. So you need one of those two parties to basically make a sacrifice or put their money where their mouth is and go all in to try and get that other half of that cycle in. And once you get that cycle going, it reaches a critical or it can reach a critical mass where, all right, people are actually developing stuff for it. Now there's interest in actually using it because there's good software for it. And based on the yeah. UI I've seen from the video on the Steam Deck, the UI looks like a great overhaul from what big picture mode was. And I'm very eager to see what uh, what the new SteamOS 3.0, the Arch-based one, looks like on desktop. By the way, I, I wonder if the same UI will be ported to PC, like like just on the same oh, UI. Oh, they would do a, a big picture mode overhaul. There's so much. <laughs> it's, it's insane how this one announcement is going to have this ripple effect across pretty much the entire Linux ecosystem. It's too soon yeah. to say how big of an impact it's going to have, but it can pretty much only have a positive impact. Yeah, I think yeah. so. I mean, you're, I, I know that you're going to get so many users who are going to buy this thing, or they're going to hear about it from their friends, and they're going to be playing all these games, and then they're going to say, oh my god, this is running Linux? To take the conversation back a step, Jason, you would ask, <clears throat> you would ask how many people were going to pre-order this thing. 
I had a tough decision to make. I was either wait and pre-order this or pre-order the Switch OLED. And I went ahead and did the OLED just because it was a known quantity. I mean, like this thing is so exciting because it has so much promise and potential, but it also has so many unknowns, you know. Is this thing going to be buggy as hell? Is there going to be hardware problems? Is, you know, is the battery going to be able to handle this? Like, you know, that kind of stuff. So I had to make a tough decision one or the other, and I went the other way, even though that was the much more boring way to go. Yeah, but when you're talking about spending several hundred dollars, I mean, you, your first inclination is always to take the safe approach, right? I, I completely understand that. I mean, I'm going to buy it. I'm going to reserve it tomorrow because, well, I am doing it because I'm a geek and because I'm curious and because I love hardware, but I'm not doing it because I know I'm going to love it. I'm doing it because I want to explore it and evaluate it and then share that, that information with all of you guys. I think that who who is going to be reserving this thing tomorrow? It's going to be you know, the hardcore Linux gaming geeks, and it's going to be the hardcore Steam geeks. It's not going to be anything close to a mainstream audience. No, not yet. Not yet. Anyway, no. Um, well, I, I hope to be able to set aside enough money to buy it at or close to launch day. But even if not, I will be following this with very great interest. I mean, this is like like we said, there's there's no way of knowing how big of an impact this is going to have. You know, is it going to be colossal? Is it going to be small? But whatever impact it's, it has is going to be very, very positive. It's not up for pre-order. You can only reserve it, I think, for $5. Yeah, it'll be you reserve it for $5. And they also have a limitation that your account on Steam has to have had a purchase on it prior to uh, June of this year. Hopefully yeah. to help stem the oh. scalper problem and the automated bot that generate new accounts to buy this sort of stuff up they want five dollars for that that's absolutely okay uh well it's oh, not even that me. you have to have had a purchase on your account prior to being mm -hmm. able to spend that five dollars if you haven't made a single purchase on your account before june of this year you will not be able to pre-order in the next two days you'll basically be on the regular list I, I really think we should just lock, load the scalpers up on a rocket and send them off to Mars. <laughs> God, I wish. I wish. Is this going to give Nintendo something to think about? I don't know. See, that's that's like an entirely different conversation. Whether Nintendo even sweat over this or not, I don't think they do. They won't. They don't, don't pay attention do. to what any Western company does. Yeah. They don't care. I mean, they've never been trying to compete with Xbox and PlayStation. They've always done what they want to do. That's why the Wii U came out and it was a novel idea, but it fell completely flat because they weren't trying to compete with Xbox. They weren't trying to make a Call of Duty machine. They were trying to make the thing a that makes this different, system. though. The thing that makes this one different is this kind of encroaches on their existing turf a little bit. Yeah. You mean to I, like the deck to the switch? To the switch. I can yeah. see that because if you're yeah. if you're coming into it going, okay, I need I can only afford one handheld console, but now I have this other option where I can have like tens of thousands of PC games. Or I can have uh, you know a dozen Nintendo exclusives. And also these other Pure games that are available on these other platforms. <laughs> I mean, don't forget emulation. Don't forget emulation. That 65 gigabyte model of the stream deck or the Steam Deck. Damn it, I said Stream Deck there too. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's going to be a problem. People are going to get very confused talking about this for a little while. 
But that 64 gigabyte model at the $400 price tag, that option may only be available because they want to try to convert people who otherwise would be buying a Switch. Yeah, I don't know. I see that as like, I am somebody who is going to only install RetroArch on that thing, and that's all I'm doing. To the average person who would be like, well, I can get the new OLED Switch, or I could get this cool new console that claims to be a gaming P for $400. I'll try my hand at the gaming PC one. Maybe it's not oh, perfect, that's true. but what you is, still can get what is the, extra functionality out of it. What does the OLED switch have as, in terms of storage capacity? Is it 64? 64. Oh, interesting. Okay, okay. Yeah, that's why I'm... That's sort of where my speculation that comes in. Also, it's the only thing in my mind that could justify them selling such a low-end skew of the uh huh. the theme deck because the 64 gigabyte model is the um, what's the speed for the storage that is running the 64 gigabytes of emmc storage is running at pci express gen 2 Ew. speeds on a buy one link <laughs> now i don't know how that compares Ooh. to the bandwidth but if it is at least as good, if not a little faster, with good tuning in the Linux kernel and everything else, that could be more than enough Man. to play a lot of basic games and get people on. Yeah, you know what I would and do if I were Valve? I would honestly be like, hey, yeah. here's Doom Eternal on Steam Deck, and here's Doom Eternal on Switch, side and by side. Also, if uh, any of you have watched, there's a great YouTube channel out there, uh, was it Gyro? Hold on, I need to double check and make sure I have the right name. Hey, while he's checking, uh, I just had a quick question. How did you guys actually find this space on Twitter? Uh, you popped up on the Steam Deck hashtag. Ah, okay, okay. I, I followed you on YouTube before. I just wasn't following you <laughs> on Twitter, and I was like, oh. Oh, that's where I recognize that. I was just so. curious because I like I'm having a lot of fun, and I was very against this entire concept of of Twitter Spaces. I was against the Clubhouse idea. I was against you know Telegram and Discord having their stages or whatever they call them. Uh, but this is I, I've tried the Discord variant. I've tried the the voice chats on Telegram, and this is much more fun. This is really fun. Yeah. This is my first time so, participating in anything like this, Jason. Um, uh, this is my I, first I time doing a Twitter space. Yeah, it's yeah, it's great. And I guess I um, guess that you can, uh, after it's finished, you can go into your Twitter account and actually request an audio archive of the space session. And so I'm I'm sitting here thinking, yeah, I'm sitting here thinking, wow, this this is like an instant community podcast. Yes. The uh, oh, I found it was a uh, gyro gaming is the channel. And I bring that up because this is actually a spot where the Switch versus Steam Deck comparison could really weigh in favor of the Steam Deck. Uh, owner and creator of Gyro Gaming has created a particular uh, controller layout that he calls Flickstick. And it's designed to take advantage of the gyroscope inside the PS4 controllers and also in the any controller with a gyroscope and accelerometer. What it does, or the idea is, you reserve the right joystick to controlling your character's rotation in a 360-degree circle. So if you pulled back, your character will automatically do a 180 to behind you. And then for the fine motor adjustment 
an actual aiming, you're using the gyroscope in the controller to do that. So you can get more precision and mouse-like movements on the controller while still keeping the compact ergonomics of the controller. Now, the Switch is capable of doing that, but what turns out here is this is something that, if I'm not mistaken, um, Valve actually added some form of flick stick into the Steam input system. So this gyroscope, this gyroscope aiming is something that, in theory, should work with minimal adjustments on the Steam Deck compared to the Switch wow. playing the same game. Yeah, I feel like this thing is going to have so many surprises. And oh, he's using a gyroscope and the trackpad too, and the little Doom Eternal clip on the hardware page on the Steam Deck site. We've seen time and time again, and this is one thing that I genuinely despise Nintendo for and a lot of the game companies, uh, game preservation. Like, just the sheer amount of mm -hmm. art and games lost to history because the companies decide to go and sue ROM sites for things they don't sell anymore and haven't sold for 20-something years because someone managed to find that, that one rare cartridge of the game that had such a limited run. That stuff just bugs the crap out of me. It is really, so, it is really sad. I mean, then you've got, uh, recently, Electronic Arts um, took a bunch of their Need for Speed games off of all storefronts shut down the servers, remove them from all the storefronts. And these are games that are, in some cases, barely 10 years old. Good Need for Speed games back when they were actually good. Yeah, that's why I don't <laughs> it's a, like... It's a real shame. It's part of the reason I've steered away from console so much, and I don't really... I'm a big Battlefield fan. That's probably one of my favorite game franchises. And I've bought uh, every game since Battlefield 3, with the exception of Battlefield Hardline. Uh and what I didn't like about the direction that was headed is you used to be able to run your own community server. I mean, Battlefield 3 and Battlefield 4 still have active communities because they provided the tools for people to host it on their own provider. You could choose your hosting provider. You just run it on the server, port forward everything as needed, get, spread the IP or whatever name you're using, and it works. And the newer Battlefield games, as they, they've slowed down the servers and how you can create them, so you can only do it through authorized providers. Uh, so trying to get people, shifting people away from the console stuff more towards PC, I'm all for it. And I hope that we get more user control over, the, over those things. And that's one thing the Steam Deck offers that consoles don't. It offers the console form factor, but you can control basically everything about it. By the way, you're getting very, very deep into it when you don't even have to look past save, save files. Like it's it's a genuine nightmare to transfer save files from a console from a console and back it up. Oh yeah, um, on the, on the Steam. I remember just copy paste. That's it. Yeah, I still remember transferring stuff from my original 3ds XL to the new 3ds XL I had gotten when I that when I did that shift ages ago. And I remember it's like, okay, well, I don't have to do a whole lot, but I'm just sitting there waiting with both of them plugged in, just staring as it slowly transfers everything across mm -hmm. I don't when yeah you could just it could just be as simple as oh i sign in i copy my files and i'm good to go i don't think it's even possible to do I a just, switch yet i just have to say this this is, this is going to be my last point and then i think i i have to uh to shut this down because it's it's 11 30 over here and i've been up since about 5 a.m that's fun uh yeah this was a blast i, I just want to say i think the steam deck is going to be one hell 
of a RetroArch and Kodi machine. I mean, by the way, RetroArch is available on Steam. Oh, I can't wait for the. And launch. you know, when I when I left, uh, I, I feel I feel strange talking about this because I I, I am uh, I am against piracy, but uh, <laughs> I had a huge I had a huge retro console and game collection in the states. I mean, massive. And when I moved from the states to Croatia, I left all of that stuff behind, and so has really been the the outlet that i needed to to kind of you know hang on to some of those retro game experiences especially dreamcast and ps2 well here's an important question how many of those did you buy directly from say nintendo or sega or whatever or how many did you buy firsthand from the actually a pretty amount because i mean i had been collecting them for you know decades yeah yeah and those are instances where in most people's minds, like I've given you guys the money secondhand copies of the game gives no money to Nintendo, to Sega, to anyone, which is why all the companies have tried to shift towards DRM models that allow them to lock down the secondhand market because they want that revenue. Uh, but once it's sold from, say, Best Buy or Amazon to the end user, if you sell it to your neighbor, your sibling, your cousin, whatever, they've already, the company's already made their buck on it. It doesn't matter at that point. They've already made that sale. Uh, and if you're down, if you're going to go download, I don't know, Mother 3 for the NES or whatever, because you owned a copy and you <laughs> bought it directly from Nintendo at the time, but you don't have it anymore. In most people's minds, like, well, why shouldn't you? You've already given, you've already paid for your license effectively. Hell, you actually had something that was probably better than the modern day license because you actually had a cartridge you could actually own. But yeah, I mean, whole, all the points you're making are valid. It's just a very yeah, that's, a, that's its own topic. Yeah. yeah, I'm very sorry you had to say goodbye to that retro uh, collection, Jason. I, I'm a, I have oh, 45 systems, uh, about 2,000 games, and the thought of parting with those <sighs> would be like the only way I can describe the feeling of the prospect of parting with that would be deskeletification. And I haven't even talked about my vinyl collection. Oh, no. <laughs> Oh boy. I still prefer my life here to the life I had in the States. As long as you're happy. Well, I think I'm going to say goodbye. This has been a lot of fun. I don't even know how long yeah. we, what, two hours or something? It's something crazy like that. Um, no yeah, if I can, I just want to warn you all if I can get the audio archive and it sounds decent, I'll probably edit it down and just throw it onto the podcast feed or something because it's been a really. Uh, stimulating conversation. You have my this. consent, and I think I think we need to do it again. It's been it's been a lot of fun. Well, I will see you guys around the Twitter sphere, and as I always say, take care and take care of each other. I'll talk to you guys again soon. Sounds so much right. awesome. Like, see ya. Have a great one, everyone. Bye. 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 Bye.